Hi, my name's Elijah, and welcome to my podcast, Songwriting for Songwriters. My special guest this week is record producer Chris Potter. Chris has worked on some of the biggest records of our time, including Urban Hymns by The Verve and most of Richard Ashcroft's solo albums. He's worked with U2, The Rolling Stones, Gabrielle, and many, many more. He also worked on our record, The Wild Night by The Gravity Drive. We sit down and speak about songwriting, about being a record producer, and getting the most from songs and artists in the studio. So thank you for listening. Please subscribe and enjoy this podcast. Joining me today on the Songwriting for Songwriters podcast is Chris Potter. How are you, Chris? I'm well, thank you. Good, good. Have you been working in the studio today? Yeah, I have. I'm just uh, doing a mix today. so um, Fantastic. Yeah, been at, you, the, uh, at the cold face. Are you are you at the cold face quite often? Is that a day, day-to-day thing? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's been a busy year so far. But yeah, there's been a lot going on. So, I mean, with any of these things, it kind of, it does come and go in waves sometimes, but yeah, at the moment, very, very busy. <laughs> That's good. So, are you what are you working on at the moment? I mean, you may not be able to mention names, but are you what kind of stuff are you working on at the moment? Yeah, I'm doing actually. Uh, I'm doing a young artist um, who we've been doing a few so, uh, a few tracks with over the course of the last, oh, probably the last six months or so, and. Um, yeah, weirdly, actually, um, it's kind of a, it's been a project where we've sort of needed to get involved in the writing, actually, which is something that I generally haven't done massive amounts of. Um, I sort of, as a producer, I've kind of shied away from too much of the kind of writing and specifically playing, actually, um, on the records that I work on, because it kind of... It, I've sort of felt in the past that it kind of messes with your objectivity a little bit. It sort okay. of um, it sort of skews that you know if I'm not involved in playing or writing or and I'm just thinking about the record, the song, you know, the performances, the record, the production. It's quite. I find that quite a clear. That's usually yeah. quite a. Clear Path, but as soon as you kind of bring one of those, one of those other elements in, it, it tends to sort of. Uh, it has in the past, and it was felt like it was going to skew the, um, yeah, mm-hmm. skew my objectivity a little bit. And um, so it's quite a new, you know, it's quite a new thing for me. Um, but I'm, yeah, over the last couple of years, two three years maybe, I've certainly been playing a lot more. And yeah, started delving into the kind of writing where the projects have needed it. Forgive me for asking you this because I'm I, I've known you as a, obviously um you've worked with us and we're friends, but yeah, you yeah. you um I don't this is really bad. I don't actually know what instruments you play, which is really <laughs> it's like after all this time, you know, you talking about that, I've realised I, I don't actually know. I didn't actually know. Yeah. Well, I started playing bass and uh, I play a bit of guitar and a very small bit of keyboards and all of them quite badly. But, you know, you know how it is. You can't hear ideas and you can kind of make ideas happen. And, um, you know, 
Did you still technology? We have the technology to make to make things sound good. So um, yeah, it's more about the idea that for me, in terms of you know the things um, sort of musically for me, it's more about the idea and getting the idea to sound good than it is necessarily about the performance from from personal point of view. Obviously, yeah. for other you know for the artists I'm working with, it's all yeah. about. So did you? Well, I mean, we, before you went into production. Uh, were you like in a band and there was music? Were you one of the kids that was in a band then found production? Yeah, you were. Yeah, that's how I got involved. Really, um, I was placing in sort of bands, you know, little kind of local things, um, and always seemed to enjoy the, the, you know, always enjoyed the recording, you know, doing the demos more than the gigs. Really. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I kind of ended up getting into it through through that. I um, actually I listened to the to the one you did with Pete a mm. few weeks. Yeah, and uh, a similar story actually. I'd kind of got to the end of A levels, hit a bit of a kind of wall. <laughs> what am I going to do now? You know, uh, there was a plan to to um, go to university and do architecture, and that yeah, that for one reason or another um that didn't quite happen so i had a summer where i was had to decide what the hell i was going to do and um i ended up spending that summer walking around sort of studio you know i got a book off a friend of mine a book of recording studios uh and i walked around all the recording studios in london which obviously there aren't many now but back then <laughs> there were hundreds of them um so yeah i spent a few weeks uh walking around london knocking on studio doors asking for a job and um getting a lot of uh getting a lot of uh, knockbacks and a lot of no a, a lot of no um but met a lot of friendly you know i met a lot of friendly people um and then after I just, I'd kind of, I'd done it day in, day out for, a, you know, I'd started repeating myself, going back to the same places. Um, I remember it was a Friday afternoon and I was kind of, oh, I kind of, kind of, I'm going to carry on and do the rest of these today or am I going to knock it on the head and maybe come back Monday and maybe have the weekend to think about whether this is actually going to work or not. So I started to kind of wonder because it had been a few weeks. I mean, I'd, I'd done it, you know, religiously day in day out for about a month, and um, like I say, it was a Friday afternoon. I had a couple more on the list, and um, I went into a place called Nova uh, Nova Sam, which was in Bryanston Street, up by Marble Arch, um, and asked the question and by pure luck they what they were looking for somebody so they said well you can come back and do a trial on monday wow and if it goes well you know wow it, it sort of seems like those days in a way are yeah. kind of gone now like they're everybody... totally gone. yeah there was no there was no sort of music tech qualifications or you know university courses or any of that stuff that just didn't exist um but also what's really interesting about what you said there, and it's something I'm, you know, I believe in is persistence. 
and knocking on the doors and just like going to you know sort of with <laughs> with no idea or no kind of contacts or nepotism at work it's like yeah 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 turn yeah. up and see yeah. you know turn, turn up and see yeah yeah and That's... i didn't it wasn't like i had a load of experience or I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything at all. So, you know, apart from just the few little demos that we'd done with the band and stuff and just watching what the guy was doing and, you know, nothing really. You started there, what, like a tape-hop kind of band? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, um, yeah, just um, setting up the mics and... um, doing everything the engineer needed you to do and you know going and getting the producers cigarettes and sandwiches and <laughs> runner essentially um and then that sort of uh that was a good studio to learn in actually i wasn't there very long because they they unfortunately closed about three months after i'd started there but in that three months um i'd got you know, I had my foot in the door. I got a lot of experience in that time because it was a it was a work a working jingle studio. So we were doing we were doing probably three sessions a day, and all with different lineups, all live recording, all different session musicians. So you'd have a morning session, you might have a lunchtime session, or an afternoon session. Um. And in the morning, it might be drums, bass, guitar, piano, a couple of backing singers and a lead vocalist. And then the lunchtime one might be maybe just piano and, you know, some singers. And then in the afternoon, it might be like a string quartet and a different drummer and a different bass player. So all these different lineups just changing all the time, every you know, every day. So... You, you had to be quick and you had to, you know, it was a, it was a steep learning curve, you know? Yeah. So at the point that closed, that studio closed, um, I got very lucky and I think it ha- it really helped that I had the experience of those few months. Uh, and I got a job at a studio called Maison Rouge, which at the time was really, um, you know, it was one of the best studios in London at the time. Um, with a lot of big artists going through there. So when I started there, I, I was suddenly I was working with a lot of really top end engineers and producers and artists yeah. and stuff. So you kind of had to get your get your thing together quite quickly, you know. Um, but again, that was that was great experience, and I really learned so much so quickly. How old are you at that point? Like, I think I was twenty at that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was twenty. Yeah. It's something which comes up as you're talking is is the amount of people that you work with, like from day to day. Like you talking about those jingle sessions. Yeah, the turnover of musicians, engineers, bands, artists. A lot. Yeah. Of, I think a, jo- a job of a producer and an engineer, in some ways, is, as well as managing the microphones, is managing people, isn't it? Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of that's more critical, really. You know, that's much more critical. Um, studios are weird. You know, they're kind of weird places when you're recording. Um, there's a lot of, uh, 
there's a lot of different energy <laughs> coming and going in the room, you know, while, yeah. you're, while you're making a record. There's, there can be a lot of pressure and a lot of different egos, a lot of different situations to manage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think just being a bit of a calming presence in that in that situation, you know, in those situations is pretty important. You need to be the right person in the room, really. Yeah, I think so. that's like I spoke to you before last time we met. We're just talking about from my point of view when we worked with you, because um, it was a step up in a way for us because we, you know, we hadn't really worked in a studio. We'd had a home studio and um, yeah, somebody that I'd wanted to work with. But as soon as you were in the room, it was like okay, someone's at in in the command center at the check, <laughs> and the, and this you're almost allowed as the artist to kind of relax a bit because someone's got control of this and Somebody you're knows able, yeah you're able to be the little artist nutter you are whatever so because there's that feeling of calm control stewardship and calm control which is yeah you have that and i think that's um it's like you said i think it's pretty important when mm. going on. yeah i mean i think yeah i would say that it's um i think the yeah probably the best thing you can do as a producer is give the artist all of the rope that they need to be able to kind of just explore every different scenario. And you would hope, you know, you, you sort of hope that um, you can create an environment where they feel relaxed enough to be able to express whatever they want down a microphone with no inhibitions do you know what i mean because that's where you're really going to get at the yeah that's where you're really going to get at the core you know the core stuff that you really kind of of if someone's just you know feels that they can completely open up into the microphone take risks and you know not feel self-conscious or you know that's kind of that's the environment that's that's what you're trying to achieve really so if someone's not feeling that for whatever reason how how do you go about creating a space for someone to sort of feel that calm and ability to be themselves i think it's um i think you need to pick the right moments when you're doing the doing the stuff the difficult stuff the vocals you have to pick those moments you know in the right way so you'll spend some time with them first and you'll do some other things and you know they need to get to know you before they're straight in on the microphone you, you kind of need to get to know each other and yeah i think that you know i think that that definitely helps um you i mean like you said there's that thing of you make a space where an artist just is allowed to be themselves but you know you say there's that aspect of you getting involved with writing as a producer but there's also because i know through personal experience with you there's also stuff you do or add or suggest so when someone's kind of experimenting and finding their way how much of you is allowing them just to do that or are you helping them and sort of are you offering some guidance as they're going? I think that depends very much on the artist and you really have to gauge where your 
position in that is. Yeah. Because you can be, you know, these the projects that you get involved in cover such a wide range of, of what your input needs to be. And there are certain artists that come in with a really, really clear picture. They're very focused and they know exactly what needs to happen. And the way you, with those artists, you've got to just facilitate what they do and stay out of the way. <laughs> you've got to not get in the way sometimes. Yeah. You know, you've got to let them do what they do really well make sure that it's really good and try not to screw it up basically so there's that end of it and then there's the other end of it like the thing that i'm doing at the moment where um i was approached and the guy has a good voice but he didn't have any songs and he literally just sent a a few lines of lyrics so wow uh in that scenario obviously you're <laughs> you're kind of create you know you that's the complete other end of the spectrum where you're needing to kind of create a song you've got melody yeah. you've got lyrics so there's input into lyrics there's input into the chords there's input into the direction the guitar for every single element you're kind of need to be all over so the those are the two extremes of you know of the spectrum really and projects kind of fit somewhere in between you know between usually will fit somewhere in between those two extremes so you have to find you know you have to figure out quite quickly what it is you what it is the artist needs your input to be you know yeah okay so that's not necessarily always known up front before you work with someone it's something you feed in the way that's yeah yeah i, I would say that you you don't really, you don't really find that out until you're in the room. Yeah. So when I mean, obviously, you know, the music industry's changed, and um, everybody has bills to pay. From you know, it's not the '90s anymore. But it's no. but when, but presumably, um, when you're as someone is as well thought of as you, there's, there's, you can pick and choose to some extent what you kind of want to do. So, what is it? Um, obviously, you've got relationships that you have been going back some years, so you're going to have. Mm -hmm those those people that come back to work with you but when you're looking you know when when, you've, when a new artist comes along and wants to work with you um and you say yes what is it that's made you say yes what are you what is it in their sound or songs that you're looking for um it's you know what would come first i guess it's usually nine times out of ten uh it's the song or the voice. Okay. So, um, and it can be either of those things, really. It can be either of those things. But, yeah, I, I'd say that I'm more, I love working with great singers. I love working with great singers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the song, the song really is the thing. That's probably, yeah, that's probably the top of the list, really. It's, it's good to hear, especially on a podcast called Songwriting for Songwriters, because <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's, um, from my point of view, I mean, I obviously love songwriting songs myself, and it's a big yeah. thing for me, but I think in some ways 
it's been it's not been watered down, but the the importance of a song has somewhat you know changed over the last few years because it's become more disposable and easier to access. So it's you know it's sort of changed a bit. So it's it's quite good to hear that that you'd hope it would be the song that would catch a producer like yours. Yeah, that's, that's what you're looking for. But you've written, I mean, you've worked on some of the biggest songs of all time with some of the biggest artists of all time in. Obviously, Urban Hymns was a huge record that you worked on, and you've got on to have a relationship with Richard, um, who is a great singer and a great songwriter. When it's, as I mentioned in Chris's podcast, it's always interesting to me when you get those long-lasting relationships between, because in a band, it's the singer and guitarist generally, isn't it? Who like this music and the sort of words. Yeah. But it was also that thing where you get. Um, an artist who works with the producer, um, mm -hmm. and true mm -hmm. with Pete and Kevin Rowland from Dexies, it's yeah, true. yeah, Neil Young and Briggs and uh, Nigel Godrich and uh, Tom York and Radiohead. So mm -hmm. you have that, Richard. And what what is it? Um, what is it between you two? Do you think and we've obviously got that idea of you being kind of a calm presence? But what when you two work together, something big happens. It's widescreen and there's. There is a difference when when you when he doesn't work with with you or with other people. There's a difference. So what? Yeah. As a fan, I'm saying that. So what is it that you two think is uh, that keeps you together and keeps you coming back and working together? What is that magic between you? Uh, well, obviously for me, I mean, he's just like, yeah. I mean, the songs and the voice is like a you know, it's a bit of a like when it's right, it's a deadly combination. You know, it's yeah. it's real, yeah. It's something really special that he's got. He's got an incredible sense of melody, you know. He'll, I mean, it's yeah. Over the, you know, sometimes over the simplest chords, he'll just like, you know, yeah. sing a line and stuff, and it's just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it's am yeah, amazing, really. And I think, I think we like when we first worked together. Um. He he had this set of songs and I had struggled to get he'd struggled to I think it's you know it's fair to say he'd sort of been struggling to record them. They had a few guys and it hadn't really happened. And then um yeah, we, we kind of hit on a way of doing it that seemed to work and uh, it started sounding really good, sort of pretty early on, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, um, I think he's somebody, like I was saying, that really, it, it might not always be the clearest idea before he goes in. Um, in fact, sometimes there's no soul. <laughs> um but he is somebody like we were saying a bit earlier is somebody that you need to let him do his thing and he has to do his thing. And then it's a kind of, um, what would I call it? It's like a, yeah, it's like a constant making records with him. It's a bit like it's a constant sort of building process really where you, where you sort of, build some stuff and then you sort of knock it down a bit and kind of throw half of it you know chisel away half of it and kind of 
notes right away and then you'll kind of build some more stuff on top and then I'll be chiseling away and kind of, <laughs> you know, and while he's piling things on and pulling things out and, yeah. you know, kind of that process of, you know, adding and subtracting. Um, Two steps forward, one step back kind of approach. Just yeah, of yeah, yeah. And we have like these days sometimes where um, we'll start the day with nothing. And um, it's not always like this. Sometimes he'll come with a complete yeah. song that is, you know, beautiful and like most of the lyric and this incredible melody and stuff. And sometimes it'll be like that and, and fairly easy to envisage what you need to do to make this into a record and then other days will come and there'll be nothing at all <laughs> so we'll start with a drum beat and then it'll do a few overdubs and then i'll loop those overdubs and then so we'll have a bunch of loops going for I don't know, seven or something and then it'll do some more overdubs and i'll loop those and then we'll throw a few things away and then I'll start, you know, we might start slowly kind of uh, shaping it into some sort of arrangement so that some things come in and some things drop out and, and at different points. So it's not just loops, from, you know, all playing all the time, all the segments. So some things are coming in and going out. And then do some more some more overdubs and we'll loop those and kind of, you know, this process will go on all day and then we'll he'll do some vocals and we'll get some vocal ideas and move those around. And and then, you know, quite often we'll get to the end of the day and be listening back. And it's like, I'm going, those two bars, <laughs> those two bars are a bit epic, kind of piling things on and taking things out and everything. And then at the end of the day, there's two bars. So then we'll just throw everything out apart okay. from those two bars. Okay. And then the process will begin oh, again, yeah. you know. It's amazing to hear that because I think um, it's quite a collaborative, creative thing then between the two of you in a way. And and also it's quite interesting because, you know, I'm not sure everybody knows, but obviously if you've found Richard, it seems like became more of a traditional songwriter going into like the album three, which is Urban Hymn. So for the first two, yeah. albums, it's much more of a band collaborative. Yeah. Where the other members of the band are fully like, massively important to the sound so it's quite mm -hmm. nice to hear that he's creating from that way because it seems to me as a melody writer that he is quite able to kind of go into a room and record and be brave enough just to see what happens but also is also just playing a bit and i think yeah. out of that jamming thing you know that, the, that you've yeah yeah the other thing that we've been fortunate enough to do um is spend time in studios a lot of time in studios over the years like not so much waiting but being able to capture the moment when the moment happens yeah do you know what i mean you can't necessarily every time go in on monday morning and say right we're going to cut this song today and it's going to be the perfect version of this song sometimes it's just not like that you know yeah yeah, yeah. So we have been able to, you know, we've had the um, 
the good fortune to be able to spend quite a lot of time in studios and at certain points anyway being able to um like i say not you don't end up waiting around for those moments but but you when those streams of magic kind of come you got to, you know you have to you got to get it <laughs> yeah 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 and there's also tuning into where you know like you say having the patience to to wait for that to happen and also just uh knowing when it's happening as well yeah well yeah yeah that's true that's true but do you think there's... i think that i think that's yeah i mean that's pretty much i don't find that too difficult it's like if what's coming out in the speakers is amazing and moving me then then it's yeah. you know it's happening <laughs> we're in one of those moments you know do you think there's i asked pete this question but it's i mean it's because producers particularly like uh producers like you and pete uh, who you know i guess came through at a certain time you've worked with some very big artists and you know you're both known for like mixing as well as producing so a lot of people mm. to mix yeah um, do, but do you think there's like a there's a, it seems to me like there's an the a characteristic of like producers which is they not all of them but there's there's some like a kind of friendly kind of person a calm kind of person and a kind of strength to them and re, and a resilience in dealing with lots of people do you think there's a similar quality to like not similar do, do you think there's a quality to songwriters outside of drummers and musicians just directly songwriters do you think there's something going on that you recognize um like a similar quality between them yeah it's not the same i don't think but um yeah it's quite it's quite um yeah, they tend to go quite introspective, maybe, like, you know, a bit more, you know, kind of looking in a bit more and a bit more kind of consider, you know, that process of songwriting is is often quite, uh, I think it's often quite, you know, does sometimes it just comes and it's, you know, happens very naturally but as well i think it can be quite a cons you know because sometimes it needs to be quite a considered process and, yeah yeah mm. they're kind of an introspective kind of quality you say yeah yeah i think that's fair to say yeah i think that's right what do, you know if if you've got a track and it's and it's you're working with an artist and the song's not coming together for whatever reason do you, do you, are you someone who chucks that away or, or how do you salvage it? You have to find out. Yeah. You have to find a way really. It's either, uh, whether that's, you know, recutting it from scratch or whether it's losing the bass and redoing the bass or changing what the drums are doing or redoing the vocal. Or, you know, there's a million different things that that can be causing a problem, you know. Um, if a song is bad, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if the artist has written a song which just is a bit shit and they can't quite see it, are you, do, will you, I mean, not that it's yours to call out, but will, will you kind of like, <laughs> will you tell them? Or like... <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm generally quite diplomatic. Um, I don't. I tend not to. Um, I tend not to deliver that in in a in a in quite so blunt a way. You know, I try yeah. <laughs> because you are you're trying to keep the you know you're trying to keep the environment you know yeah. in the right place. So. Um, yeah, there are there are there are certain subtle kind of like hints that I'll that I'll yeah, yeah there are subtle hints that I'll use like um, if we're if we're working on a lot of songs and yeah it's yeah there are <laughs> ways of like, yeah I can't give that away no 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 that's because we don't know who's listening, listening. <laughs> and we don't want to be in the studio with you and hear that phrase <laughs> that's what it means. Um, what advice would you give to uh, songwriters? Because, again, yours is a position of being really involved. So mm. like, it'd be quite interesting to hear kind of what advice you'd give to songwriters that are new or even established people. Like, What, what kind of advice would you give to them? Um, don't chase anything. Um just follow what you know follow follow the path that you want to follow and uh yeah i think once you start trying to make it like something or trying to i don't know um i think i think you need to just follow your path and I get you. I think it's because yeah. it's that thing where if you're if you're trying to sound like someone else, it can be heard. And if you're trying to chase a hit, yeah, like I mean, one. you can still you you know obviously you can still write a good song like that, and you can still make something good. But you're not gonna. I don't know. It's gonna all. It's gonna be compromised in some way. Yeah, you know. It's going to be a version of rather than something that's, you know, really kind of heartfelt and um, pure. Do you have a pressure from like labels and um, management teams and whatever to kind of, because on you as a producer, how do you navigate those kind of pressures? Uh, it's interesting, actually. It's less so these days. It's a little bit less so. Um because I think there's, you know, the business has changed so much. There are a lot, of, lot more people um, where it might just be a management situation. Or it might, you know, historically it was always major labels, really, pretty much. And these days, you know, projects come from everywhere. So, um, but yeah, there can be, there can be that pressure. Um, and it's just part of the, it's part of the job, really. And I think you just have to find that balance between. It's it's tricky because you essentially, in the room. You are. You're you're on the side of the artist, yeah. But you have to walk that line with the record company where, they've got to get what they want. You know, they've got to get what they need. Yeah. At the same time, you you know, your primary 
obligation is to the creativity of the artist. So it's a fine, yeah, it can be a fine balance that sometimes. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Joe, just remember Especially if they're at loggerheads, you know, then that's, <laughs> that, yeah. That, yeah, that can well, be. I guess as well, because I mean, you know, it's not that, there's also that happens in bands, right? There's frictions in bands. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. You know, yeah. That's a thing to, ma to manage as well mm. as, as that. Yeah. Um, I just remembered actually the first time we, I think it was the second time we met you, we came to Rack Studios and you were mixing our track called Wake of the Dawn. Mm -hmm. We are just, uh, we're going to give you a lift back home to the train and our car got, our Mercedes car got sort of, we parked in the Rack Studios. Oh, you got stuck, didn't you? We got stuck. <laughs> and look, what, it was about a 264 point turn. <laughs> 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 well, we were trying to offer you a lift to the train and basically i mean we were just we, we were walked both, there and back four times and that's so yeah we we're in a both in a hysterics thinking like we've met chris and <laughs> what kind of an impression have we made it <laughs> oh jesus no it just came flooding back to me there but yeah. um so songwriters that you love i mean what tell me some of the songwriters you love um Jimmy Webb. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, summer, he hit, he hit a little vein there that was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, you know, wow. Um, and then, who else? Uh, Bowie, just because of the constant and, you know, massive reinvention that went on all the time. I mean, incredible really just to kind of just you know such tangents and yeah um yeah uh, lots of people scott walker yeah. um grant parsons awesome um out of the acts you've worked with yourself there's a neil young neil young Mm. Uh, you know Neil Young is is definitely uh, he's a really fascinating songwriter because because of like you say Bowie does these kind of quite big chess moves from like one yeah yeah With Neil's stuff is much more um, he like within his own songwriting a bit like Richard actually within his own songwriting there's a few moves he'll make but they he'll make the same moves across different records you know so you've got Neil being heavy Neil being light Neil sure being powerful, but he he's someone who like Richard as well actually can seems to gracefully move between um those voices, you know, without making mm. a massive statement, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. You've worked with some huge people, the Verve, the Rolling Stones, you two, I've got a list here, Blur, The Feeling, I'm Clute, The Zombies, Michael Kuanaka, McCartney, Jagger, Tom Joe, I mean so many. Do you have any kind of favorite um experiences or favorite records or songs that you've worked on there from that long, long list of people you work with um yeah i mean as an experience that um that first rolling stones record that i worked on um i engineered which was um steel wheels was a bit of a <laughs> it was quite yeah that was quite an experience because i'd really only gone freelance as an engineer about it's only been about three or four months before 
Okay. I mean, I didn't really, you know, it happened very early. But you kind of just have to grasp the opportunities when they're when they're there, really. And I'm probably, you know, looking back on that, I'd, if I probably had done a better job of it, or I was like, if it had come to me five years later. But <laughs> you know, you have to just uh, you got to just jump in when these things come. And yeah, that was an incredible experience, really. Just kind of, uh, we recorded most of it in. Um, in Montserrat in the West Indies. And I just remember like on those first few days, we had a couple of days to set up because Keith was like three days late getting there. So, <laughs> so we had some time to get to get the room set up and stuff. And then once everybody had arrived, there's that moment on the first day we were recording and getting to, you know, getting sounds and recording where just like sort of pushing microphones up and sort of there's this sound coming out of the speakers and it's like oh, it's going to sound weird this but <laughs> it sounds like the Rolling Stones you know it sounds like a Rolling Stones record and it's just you know the five of them in a room playing yeah mixing and, and <laughs> it's all coming off the studio floor and it sounds done you know, sounds all, almost, I mean, apart from, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing, you know, amazing. I was hearing, I heard something, because they got a new song out, haven't they, Angry? Yeah. Um, It's one of those things where you kind of, it seems that it's that guitar tone and sound. Mm. It's just so, yeah. so him, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. There's that thing. And that's an interesting thing of recording is, uh, yeah. is like. It's very physical for him. It's very, right. you know, it's like, I don't think anybody else with that guitar and that amp is going to make anything like the same sound, you know. Sure, sure, sure. It's like it's, it just comes out of him like that, you know. I mean, let's, while we're on the subject guitarist for a minute, I mean, one of my, as you know, my personal kind of, musical hero if you like is Nick McCabe who's guitar yeah. playing is uh to me just otherworldly to be honest and you had the um honor and kind of relationship of working with him on guitar what what do you what tell me about him and his kind of guitar tone and creativity what did you yeah I mean he's a definite one-off Nick he really is uh like um yeah he's another another force of force of nature he's um He's somebody that um, never plays, he, like he never played what I expected him to play. So during, like when we were doing Urban Hymns, he, he kind of, he never seemed to play the obvious part. It's always something other than that. Right, okay. um, quite often won't play the same thing twice or doesn't play the same thing twice. And whatever it is, is like, makes you go whoa whoa so there's a lot of hanging on you know when he's playing because right. like, it's like right he goes all around the edges and it's yeah incredible what he does and to watch him i know i've never seen anybody have so much time playing the guitar he sort of just he seems to kind of just like he'll play a chord and then he'll kind of hold it and it'll start modulating into something and then it'll scratch his head and go and like fiddle with a pedal and then he'll kind of turn around and walk around the room and then he'll 
play something else. So it's kind of like he's got all this huge kind of time in between what he does. Wow. But yes, you know, I mean, incredible with um, with guitar sound, with sound, like, yeah. And usually, you know, that whole side of it is, is effortless with him as well. It's like he, it just comes out of what he's, what he's doing. And it's not, you know, he, at that time anyway, it was a very simple setup that he was getting a lot of like amazing sounds out of. Mm. Really, really simple. It's amazing that because it's one of those things where like someone, his playing just does sound effortless, but obviously there is thought behind it. But it's um, it's quite interesting to hear you talk about, you know, almost like riding it with him. Like you can kind of hear it in the performances. Like there's a feeling of like it feels fresh and new. And even with Black Submarine and stuff, he's other stuff he's done, you don't quite know where it's what's going to happen. It's quite an exhilarating thing. To yeah, and yeah, also- it's very much like that recording because it's it's uh. Yeah, a lot certainly on on that record on Urban Hymns, a lot of those parts weren't really. I didn't get a sense that he'd worked a lot of it out beforehand. I mean, and it was, you know, like at the point at which we were recording it, it was kind of happening for the first time, you know. Yeah. And it's moments of absolute, you know, there are moments of absolute, like. Well, also like when someone's that if you like experimental or create sonic landscapes, the hookiness as well of the, of the riffs, you know, you imagine some yeah. of like those yeah. instantaneous hits. So he's working on a multiple levels, I think. Yeah. 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 He was doing some, some of that looping he was doing. And then some of it we sort of, because we had like a really early version of Pro Tools on that. Record. Right. Right. And we cut the record to tape, but we had a little, had a little four-track kind of Pro Tools setup that we were flying the guitars to and kind of looping bits of it and being able to kind of arrange. And that was sort of really for the, pretty much for the first time you could really do that at that point. Um, and that sort of helped. But I, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, amazing. Some of the things that he's done, that he, you know, that he's, that he put on that record. Is there um? Do you know when a record's going to? I mean, going to be a big record or not? As a producer, like when we're making a record as an artist and with a producer, everybody's on board and excited. But do you know when there's going to be like? It's going to be if you like quote unquote successful. Do you have a way of kind of feeling that, or is it just down to luck and you, it's impossible to kind of know? I think you. Um, I think you know when something's got a really good chance. Yeah. I don't think you can ever be absolutely positive because I think there's a bit of a random factor involved in terms of timing and the stuff that goes on after the record leaves the studio. You know, that's all totally, you know, that's out of your control. But, um, yeah, I think I think there are records that you, that you work on that you, that you think really have a good chance definitely Excellent. it doesn't always like it doesn't always work out like that no. but um yeah. there's kind of no justice in the music industry in a way is there sometimes not really no not really you know, yeah. yeah but it's the love of, i mean do you still love do you still love making record after all this amazing career and i do know, 
You still yeah. love it. I do absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. It's still different, you know. Every record's different still, and there's still loads of stuff to learn. You never stop learning. You never, you know, just the way that sound, you know, collides together is different every time. You know, it's always different. Um. So yeah, I I don't think that will I don't think that'll stop. Excellent, and. Just coming towards the end of our time together for this, and thank you for your time, Chris. But I just want to, I'd like to ask um, everybody from a songwriting point of view, is like, what song do you wish you could have written? But so let's ask from a kind of production kind of view, what record would you have loved to have produced? Um, I watched that um, documentary the other night. Um, What's the Harmony Game? You seen no. that? No, I haven't. Simon and Garfunkel thing. Oh, cool. Uh, so yeah, probably. Um, yeah, maybe something off that record. Uh, Only Living Boy in New York, no, or, nice. uh, or or maybe um, yeah, No Regrets. Scott Walker is a like it's a big record for me it's kind of like it sounds incredible yeah and his vocal when it comes in is like it's like the biggest like deepest like, richest thing ever amazing my so favorite, yeah maybe one of those two one of those two my favorite scott song is big louise you know that song right yeah 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 enormous like you say it's enormous he starts like she stands all alone and then this is this massive thing which you can't work out quite where it's all come from and that's <laughs> yeah. that's the joy of like for me like you know listening to having again on one of our tracks shooting star there's a bit where you just delayed a vocal and it's my favorite part of the record because obviously we didn't do that bit you just added this magic and it starts to feel like it's not a, it's not just a so, like a song there's a deeper thing you've you've got that as a producer you've got that way of making sounds of your artists that are deep and cosmic and widescreen and they don't feel like you're listening to something which is planned there's something else which just is you know and right, um, right. it's a chris potter sound which <laughs> many people i have uh spoken to who you know didn't know that we'd work together or just have mm. mentioned you as being the guy with the like widescreen kind of sound so right you know, right thank you for all your records but if there's somebody you'd love to say we've got Simon Garfunkel there but if there's somebody you haven't worked with yet but you could work with who haven't spit up or died is there uh, an artist out there that you'd love to kind of um have a go at working with yeah um yeah, Bowie and Prince. Um, but unfortunately, like you say, who haven't who haven't split up or died? Um, that's tough. Yeah, I don't think you're getting an answer to that one. That's all right. Maybe that person <laughs> has not arrived yet, and they'll come. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe cruising not. through their sort of sky with their songs, and when you're able. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, thank you so much for your time. And um, oh, you're more than welcome anytime. Anyone who's listening, uh, Chris Potter has a website and a list of uh, records you can go and check out all, all his uh, 
work and maybe even get in touch if you're a songwriter. So um, thanks, Chris, for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you.